Let's sing out one more time. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. make your heart love him and just such a solemn moment as we just stop and think about what happened amen what a wonderful God you know Jesus David wrote and said the lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places I have a goodly heritage and it was said that that was the spirit uh, uh, that Jesus went to the cross in. Because when he went there, we were on his mind. For the joy that was set before him. We're privileged people then to be doing our part in this time that we're living in. To be fulfilling our place in this time. He fulfilled his. Now we're fulfilling ours. You know what I want to do? I want to fulfill all my part with all I can. You say amen to that? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Man, our gracious heavenly Father, man, we just stop and we say we love you. What a privilege it is, Lord, to stand here before all these young people and all the workers and all of those that have come here tonight. Lord, we've come to join together. Lord, we've come, Lord, to preach the word, to hear the word. We come, Lord, amen, that you might make yourself real to the hearts of your children. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We pray on this Saturday night you're moving a special way. Bring freedom of the Spirit to every heart. Bring vision to their eyes that they can look and see who they are by the word of God. Lord, we commit this service to you for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn with me to a couple of scriptures, if you will. 1 Peter 2. We'll turn there first, the ninth verse. 1 Peter 2, 9. <clears throat> amen. We want to say it's just been a real privilege to be here and to be a part of this camp. And to speak to you young people, you're a wonderful group of young people. Amen. We love you with the love of the Lord. Amen. We appreciate. Amen. Brother Tim, God bless you, brother. Appreciate you, Brother Timothy, and the confidence you've shown. Amen. To allow us to preach. And we appreciate Brother Tim and the burden that's been on his heart for all these years. And I know some look at it this way or that way, but I just know it's God. Amen. God bless you, Brother Tim. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You certainly, I know I don't have to ask you, but we certainly appreciate Brother Andrew. Amen. 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 God bless you, Brother Andrew. Amen. We love you. Amen. I'm, I'm glad he's sitting on the platform. Maybe some of that energy. 
amen, can move into me, amen, but we certainly love Brother Andrew, and certainly, amen, appreciate the gift of God that's in his life, and how it works, and that he, amen, is able to speak with boldness, amen, you know, the enemy hates it, he hates it when young people rise to their position, he'd rather you wait, Amen. But when you can see who you are by the things of God, let me tell you, it's unlimited what God can do with you. It's far beyond what you can think, far beyond what you can dream, far beyond what you can even pray. He says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. So what, what can he do with you when he, when he gets you and you're in the center of his will and, and you're moving according to what he wants you to do? And we pray that when you leave here, there, there'll be testimonies that'll come back and that's exactly what's happened to you. Your life has been centered. It's been placed where it's supposed to be. Amen. Let's read the ninth verse. Just going to read one verse here and then I'll have you turn with me to the book of Revelations. <clears throat> verse Peter 2, 9. But you... Are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. The word royal, in the sense of the word, means to be a leader of the people, it means to be a prince or a commander, it means to be lord of the land, it means to be a king. That which steps with their foot. He says, You're a holy nation, you're a peculiar people, a purchased possession, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to the book of Revelations, the first chapter. Read it, the fifth verse from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You can be seated. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I want to title this this evening, Spiritual Kings Over a Spiritual Kingdom. Spiritual Kings Over a Spiritual Kingdom. As we've been hearing through the course of the services, we're in a battle. And we're in a battle right now. And when God equips his people, he always gives them the best. And he doesn't start out and give you a stick or give you a stone. He starts with the best. Amen. He equips you with the word of God. That's what he gave in the Garden of Eden. That's what he's given to us tonight is he's given us the word. Amen. To fortify us. The word to hide behind. Amen. We know Satan can impersonate. Satan can copy. Satan can jump. Satan can scream. Satan can speak in tongues. Amen. Satan can do these things, but there's one thing he cannot do, and that is he cannot bring the word, word by word by word. And you say amen. He can't do it. So this is what God has given us. He's given us the word to combat the enemy with. 
Amen. When we leave here from this meeting, God doesn't want us to leave unaware. He wants us to know that we're equipped. But there's, we have an enemy. Man, we've been doing a lot of stomping on him. We've been doing a lot of saying where he goes and, and, and the problems he's had with you. And that's true. And we want to we wanna pile on tonight. You know, you know, there's, there's, you know, referees who give out a foul if you're playing football and here's a guy's already been tackling and here comes another guy running as hard as he can, 10 yards, 15 yards away. The guy's already on the ground. Here this guy comes and he dives in. That's called piling on. Well, we want to pile on. But now the prophet said, the enemy is going to study our strategy with the word. Now you've heard the word. You've responded to the word. Amen. But now he's going to watch you how you use the word. He said when he came to Eve, he had the best strategy he could use upon her. And that was reasoning with the word. He said we never want to reason the word of God. We just believe it. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to figure it out. He says you can't figure out God. God is the word and he's made to believe. And that is our strength to accept the word. Amen. That is our strength to accept the word. Satan knows he can't stop the word from being preached. But what he can do is he can try, amen, to poison your mind with reason as it's coming. And he's trying to stop you to step back and just, now watch, what does he really mean by that? Instead, he, God wants you to just accept it because the pulsation of the Holy Spirit is moving. And he said, now you just agree with that and that pulsation will carry you to where you need to go. Amen. Satan hates exposure. He hates to have his name called. He hates to have his works talked about. He hates you to talk about, amen, our problems that we have that is local or or in your own life. He don't want you to make it too personal. Because he loves to hide in darkness. Amen, he, he loves to hide behind things. He doesn't like the light shone upon it. I mean, that's why if you've got things in your life that you haven't made right with God, amen, Satan is just encouraging, just pull back. You know, when you get home, amen, we have time to deal with those things. You know, just wait and see. Why? Because he hates exposure. In the book of Revelation, the Bible says, uh, uh, the prophet says, amen, that God tells us what the end of the devil is. Amen, the end is, is already written out. We know where the devil's gone. We see that he's cast into the lake of fire, right? We know what his end is. Amen. God also tells how he's going to deal with the devil. He reveals the end of the wicked ones that follow Satan. And Satan hates it. Satan hates two books of the Bible more than all the others. He hates the book of Genesis. Amen. He hates the book of Revelation. That's why, amen, Genesis attacked and is attacked and it's attacked. It's attacked in society. Amen. They don't use it as proof. Amen. He said our liberal theologians, our pseudoscientists, he's always attacking the book of Genesis and he's attacking the book of Revelation. So in both of these books, we find Satan's origin. 
We find his ways. We find his destruction. That's why he attacks them. He hates to be exposed. And in those books, he's exposed for what exactly he is. Jesus said about Satan, listen, young people now. He said about Satan, he has no part in me. And I have no part in him. Can I say it again? Jesus said, I have no part in him. And he has no part in me. He said, now the devil would like to prove that different. But he cannot. So what he does is he tries to destroy confidence in the word. Now, I want you, I want you to uh, uh, listen to these words real close because these are, these are our weapons. This is our ammunition. This is our confidence. Amen. If you go to the doctor and he tells you what to take, you take it, you swallow it, you do whatever. Because you believe, amen, his diagnosis. Amen. So, amen, but we have the great physician here. And he has a diagnosis for every situation in here. Let me tell you, I'm a man. I don't know every problem in this room. In fact, I don't want to know every problem in this room. Amen. And I can't fix them. Amen. I'm just a man, but God can. You know, you know, it's it's, it's hard for me to, to wrap my mind around it. But the Bible said he was touched in all points like we are. And you know, the weakest points of Jesus Christ was more than enough to save, to heal, to deliver. You don't think Jesus knows what it's like to have your feeling. He knows exactly where you're at. The deepest, darkest place you're at tonight. Our Lord Jesus said, I'm a man of sorrows. I'm acquainted with grief. I know where you're at. I've been tempted at all points. And then he tells you to cast your burden on him. In his weakest moment on the cross, he's crying. You're saying here, nobody loves me. I feel forsaken. Well, he's on the cross. He's crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You don't think you don't know how it is to feel forsaken. You don't think our Lord Jesus doesn't know how, to, how, the, how he has to have the need to have human assistance. He knows what it's like to fall and be picked up. You saw, you saw the skit this afternoon, this wonderful play. Amen. Our Lord Jesus on the Via De La Rosa, he falls down and he needs somebody else to help him up again. He knows what it's like. And in his weakest moment, as he's on the cross crying and being mocked, there was one thief looked at him and said, remember me. He didn't see all that you've seen. This might have been his only glimpse of the Lord Jesus Christ. A man crying, screaming, I'm forsaken. But there's a word above him. Amen. Hail, King of the Jews. That was all the word he saw. But he believed it. Young people, let me just tell you something. You've been given the Bible. The message of the hour has been preached. Amen. You've got sign after sign, prophet after prophet, tape after tape, preacher after preacher, service after service. How can you sit there and not accept what God has given you? God has given you a king's message. I said God has given you a king's message. He didn't come with a pauper's message. He came with a king's message. 
Brother Branham told the story of that pauper. The king had a, an urgent message about the enemy. And here stands a little common soldier. He writes that message down. And he puts a seal on it. And he hands it to that soldier. He said, you take it to where it needs to go. Amen. It's got my seal on it. Man, he went running out of the room. He had a purpose. He had been equipped. And he had a purpose. He'd come in that room as a common soldier. But he leaves equipped with the king's word. People tried to stop him as he's running out of the room. Says, you can't go that way. He says, get out of my way. I've got a king's message. I'm telling you, Amen. the prophet said, he tried to preach the message, recognizing your day in this message. He said, I came to the pulpit sick. Said the devil's been hindering all, all day. He said, but get out of my way. I've got the king's message. Let me just tell you, amen, you have been equipped this evening. Amen, it hasn't been with a pauper's message. You've been equipped with a king's message. It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you think. I need some of your energy. Do you notice how that boy just glides across the platform? I can't do that. Thank you, Lord, for air. <laughs> Amen. Turn with me to 2 second, second Timothy 3. Oh, yes, let me finish that quote. Why? He says, but when the church disbelieves yes. Satan. Right. Many of you in here will have the courage tonight. I'm not asking you to do it tomorrow. I'm asking you to do it tonight. All, all you grown-ups, every one of you children, uh, young people, whatever you like to be called, amen. Amen. What if you can reject Satan's thought and believe the Spirit's revelation of the Word? He said the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. When the church disbelieves Satan. I'm talking to you on spiritual kings over a spiritual kingdom. Paul tells Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, the 10th verse. But you have fully known my doctrine, my manner of life. My purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, charity, patience. You've known my persecutions, my afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch. At Antioch, he was expelled from the place for the preaching of the word. The Jews rose up against him in the... It caused a stir amongst the Gentiles and so forth, amongst the people, and they got them expelled from, from the place. He said, the afflictions which came unto me at Iconium. At Iconium, it was an attempted assault and stoning, so they had to flee. He said, the afflictions which came to me at Lystra. At Lystra, they stoned him until they thought he was dead, and they duke his body outside of the city. He said, you have known what persecutions I've endured. 
But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. I want you to understand he's talking to a young man. And he says, you have fully known my ministry. He said, yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Amen. Amen. They don't change. They get worse. The word cannot change them. They get worse. But you have fully known my doctrine. And he tells him, but continue thou in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Amen. Amen. If you say you believe the message, it is your personal responsibility. Amen. To know what the message is. Amen. If you've been called to choose a side, you should know what you're choosing. Are you with me? I had a cousin come to me years ago and he asked me, he said, are you still preaching, amen, what Brandon preached? He didn't say amen, I did. He said, are you still preaching what Brandon preaches? And I said, yes, I am. Why do you ask that? He said, because he's going to hell. You know, and I looked at him and I said, you know, I, I wouldn't have said anything. But because you said he's going to hell, I want to ask you a question. How much of his ministry do you even know? Have you read any of his books? Have you listened to any of his tapes? He says, well, no, I haven't, but my dad read one book and he said it's no good. I said, so because your dad read one book and said it's no good, you said he went to hell. You chose a side without even knowing what you're choosing. That's not how kings operate. Kings know their land. Kings know their boundaries. Kings know their people. Kings know their resources. And I told him, I said, I said, now because you said that, I'm going to prove to you, you don't even believe your Bible. You only believe what the church says. And he said, that ain't true. I said, it is true. Because, you know, I came out of the same church he was in, so I know what they believe. I know what Trinitarians are. They're idolaters. And if you're a Trinitarian here, I'm sorry if I offended you, but that's exactly what it is. It's idolatry because God said, I'll have no other God before me. And he's talking to you this evening too. He says, I don't want any image before the image of God in front of your face. Amen. You put everything else in front of your face. You put a Hollywood star. You put a music star. You put a sports star. Put me in front of you. Why? Because we're changed from glory unto glory unto glory as we behold his glory. You put yourself in front of him. You put your needs before his. So I just asked him a simple question. I said, who created the earth? Now, that's simple, isn't it? And he says, well, God did. I said, but you know, your Bible said that Jesus Christ did. He goes, that ain't true. I said, see? Simple. He got angry. I said, you don't have a right to get angry. You started a conversation. But if you don't even know the territory you're defending... 
You don't even know what you're standing for. I'm going to tell you, you've responded to the preaching of the word, but you've got a responsibility to what you've responded to. Because God in his word, he has called you a king and a priest. He did not call you a sinner. He called you a king. And where the word of a king is, there is power. Paul said that from a child you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make them wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Going back to our scripture in Revelations 1.6, it says, He hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And the prophet said in the church age book, it says, He hath made us. He said, Oh, there are certain truths we need to emphasize. And this is one of them. He hath made us. Salvation is his doing. Salvation is of the Lord. It's all of grace. He redeemed us for a purpose. He bought us for a purpose. We are kings, spiritual kings. I mean, say amen to that. He says, oh, we will be kings upon the earth with him when he sits on his throne. But now we are kings and we reign over a spiritual kingdom. It says in Romans 5, 17, For by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Can I say it again? How Much more they which receive abundance of grace. You understand what God has been pouring out over the course of this camp meeting? He's been pouring out abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Young people, when God equips you, he equips you right. And when you go out there in the fight, he said it will be reigning by me, not by you. Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. And has translated us into the kingdom reign of his dear son. I want to stress this. I want to stress this next statement. I want it to sink down into you. He says right now. Say right now. Right now. now, We reign with Christ. Having dominion. Over sin. Right now, we reign with Christ, having dominion over sin. What is sin? Sin is unbelief. Sin is that thought that creeps into your mind and says, wait a little longer. Amen. Sin is that spirit of infirmity that hangs upon you. Brother Bam said he, had a, he was feeling sorry for himself when he had a condition in his body. 
and he was sick. His stomach, amen, and he couldn't bring food down. He said, I was feeling sorry for myself. He said, but one day I heard an eagle scream. And what he heard scream was a book that F.F. Bosworth had written, and he talked about what a Christian confession was. When you know your land, you know how to respond. He says we have dominion over sin. You're getting quiet on it. But he's not done. He says we have dominion over sin. We have dominion over the world. The world is this present time that we're living in. The cultures and things that come in and tells us, leave our kids behind. You know when the family begins to leave their children behind, the devil knows they'll go back after them. Amen. So a message came and says, we're not going to leave one behind. We're going to take them all with us. Amen. We're going to take our cattle. We're going to take our children. We're not leaving one behind. There is a message that has come in total, amen, dominion over the world that we live in. We have dominion over these spirits that the world is trying to bring into our churches, trying to get into our young people, trying to break up marriages. Amen, these perverted spirits we're hearing about, these sex spirits that are getting a hold of you. Amen. These pray- and let me tell you, if this is ever an age, it's worse than it was. It's worse now than it ever was. But God said, I'll raise up a people in the most evil age, and they will prove, amen, that the righteousness of God is greater than the darkness of hell. I have brought a king's message. I haven't brought a denominational message. This is for Brother Mark Johnson. There is no Brother Led Zeppelins in the message. Neither is there any country bobs. Well, hallelujah. Come on, church. God didn't give a message that would just blend in. He gave a message that would stand out. He gave a message that the devil would criticize. He gave a message that he said, well, you know that prophet, he's a liar. He gave a message that was worth standing for. He gave us a message that would deliver us. It wouldn't leave us in Egypt. It'll take us all the way home. You ought to respond to that deliverer tonight. We're not talking about a king who's outside. We're talking about a king that's here. Glory. So what do we have dominion over? The world. What do we have dominion over? Sin. There's only two of them. He's not done. Amen. He says we have dominion over the flesh. The flesh was standing a little bit ago. 
It jumped up when we talk about the world. It jumped up when we talk about that. But now when we talk about our flesh, Brother Dan, do you know my situation? You know what I have to deal with on a daily basis? You know about the sicknesses that I have to deal with in my body? But he said the flesh. And he never said the reason. He said to accept it. And if you'd accept it, it'd be your strength. and she had an infirmity of the flesh and she was bound for 18 years she was bound and she come into the tabernacle service after service year after year no change in her condition but one day amen the king came to that church hallelujah and if there's anybody here this evening that God knows how to straighten out the places that can't lift themselves. You may not be able to lift yourself tonight. You may have lost your strength, but the King of Glory is here. And he is the King of Glory. He's the Lord, mighty in power. I said he's the Lord, mighty in power. I'm going to show you how he fights. I said, I'm going to show you how he fights. Sit down. Put that picture up of that boy. I want to tell you a story. I'm going to show you how the Lord fights. Going on the fourth straight year now, I've preached a youth camp in Romania. Since, since, since 2015, look at your neighbor and say, help Brother Danny talk, Lord. Amen. Who hath made God? Who hath made men's mouth? <laughs> Obviously, I don't know. Amen. And this boy, he came. He was on his way to camp 2015. Him and another boy and two girls. Two girls in the back seat. These two boys in the front. He's in the passenger seat. They're on the way. We received news. There's been a terrible accident. These boys, the driver is his first car, and he's taking it. And he went to make a pass on a curve, going too fast. He went around, around that blind curve and tried to pass his vehicle. There was a line of semis coming at him. He got hit by, by at least three semis, wow. one right after the other. Turn the other picture. This was the car. Paramedics come, that boy's in the passenger seat. They tell us, says, bring a body bag. He's not going to live us taking him out of this car. He survived being taken out of the car, and he's put, in the, and he's put in, into the ambulance. He's carried hospital. They call the parents, says, we need your permission to sign the papers to harvest his organs. He will not survive. He survived enough. He didn't survive the harvesting of the organs. <laughs> They didn't have to harvest him, but he lays in the hospital. His back is shattered. The doctor tells him if he even does survive, said he will never walk again. While he lay in the hospital in the space of a number of days, and he had the, he had the x-rays to prove it, his back totally knit back up again. 
And when I met him, when I met him last year for the first time, he had a, a terrible scar, the only memory of it, the only, only visible sign of it, terrible scar on the back of his head like this. And he told me, he said, I can do whatever I want. I can run, I can play, I can do whatever I want. He said, but now listen, hold on, hold on. It's not done. I'm telling you how the Lord fights. He got up to give his testimony. Go back to the boy. He got up to give his testimony. And he says, when I was on the way to camp in 2015, I was in darkness. He said, I had been baptized when I was 14 years old. He's 20 now. He said, but I went back. He said, I went and went back into the world. When he was on the way to camp, he was running with the mafia. He was into prostitutes, into money, and into drugs. And he had in his possession, he had drugs. Because he was going to come, and they were going to plant it in the possession of the director and the pastor of the church who had had the youth camp. It was a satanic attack. Go back to the picture. That wasn't an accident. That was God. God stopped it. He says, that's a man of God. He's got a burden on his heart for these young people. And Satan wants to close it down. When God closes something down, he can do it in a brutal way. And he closed it down. But God also knew what the end of the story was. Turn it back to the boy again. Amen, because last year the boy came up, amen, for prayer. And he said, I'm here to receive the Holy Ghost. Because he said, I know that wreck was for me. And I know it was God changing the path of my life. Let me just tell you, let me just tell you again, young people. Our God has dominion. He has dominion over the flesh. He has dominion over the devil. And I want you to know there's not one devil in this room that has the power to stop our God. And if we could get a young person to agree with God, there's nothing can stop you. How about you older folks out there? Don't you think it's time you start shaking off those chains? Start shaking off those shackles. Start shaking off that backslidden condition. And I'm going to be walking. I got a king's message. I'm not a pauper. I'm not a sinner. Let me say something tonight, devil. I was the one he died for. We're not done. I still haven't finished what we have dominion over. And I hope I can get to the finish. We have dominion over the flesh. But last of all, he said we have dominion over the devil. Right now. You say it with me. I have dominion over the devil. We need to hear it again. Some of you folks need a voice now. I got dominion over the flesh. I got dominion over the devil. I got dominion over the world. And I got dominion over unbelief.
sit down. I want to ask you a question. If God said we've got dominion over these things, what in the world is holding you back? You're going to give all this up for LeBron James? For a man who calls himself the king? What are you going to give it up for? Not only were we kings, he said he made us priests. Wow, you got something to live up to. Here's this boy, he's coming now, he's trying to do his job. He was coming to, to help to destroy the works of God. Now he's coming to, amen, to be a priest and offer sweet sacrifices of praises with his lips by making his life vulnerable and say, this is where I was and now this is where I am. There was a man who was a prime minister of Israel. He's dead now. He passed on in 2014, laid in a coma for about eight years. His name was Ariel Sharon. He was born in the land of Israel, and he grew up from a common soldier to become what they consider the greatest general in the history of modern Israel. Became intelligence officer, then commander of the northern, northern army, but what they didn't like about him was he was impulsive. When he saw what was right and he saw what he needed to be done, he went and done it. And sometimes the other officers and the other generals, they didn't like that. So they began to talk against it because the man was impulsive. But he was successful. And when he was appointed to be the intelligence officer over the northern command, Moshe Dion, his, his commanding officer, told him, he said, there's no good intelligence officer if he doesn't know the land better than his commander. And he said, I was glad he told me that. He said, because I love to hike and I love to go through the land. So he said, I knew every valley, I knew every mountain, I knew every trail that there was. Because he was interested in what he'd been given. And when he rose up into his position, he, he began to talk to the soldiers that was under him. And, and he, he told them, he said, down the road from my farm sits this little settlement called Kibbutz Ruhama." It's such a great deal larger and more prosperous now than when I first saw it in 1945. He said, talking with the people there, I tell them that I remember their parents. They were wearing their funny hats, trousers, and a place that was at the end of the world. But nobody, I told them, dared to steal a thing from them. They were isolated, surrounded by hostile villages, and there were only 20 or 25 Jews among this tiny group, amongst thousands and thousands of Arabs. But all the Arabs had respect for them. They were newcomers, but they weren't strangers. So I want to tell you this evening, you may be newcomers, but you're not strangers. He said, they behaved as if this country had belonged to them for thousands of years. And nobody dared steal from them or bring sheep to graze in their fields. 
They walked on every valley and every hill and they knew that they were the owners of this land. They looked odd in those outfits of theirs. But they behaved like kings and queens. You mean a tiny group of people could change the, all of these thousands of people living around there that a tiny group of people could act like they knew the land, they were possessors of the land, and they didn't care what anybody else thought about them. They didn't care if they dressed different and if they looked different. They were kings and they were priests. Those thousands of Arabs didn't change the way they acted. You're going to go back home. You're going to, there's going to, those peer pressure groups are going to rise up again. But I want to tell you, amen, you know every hill. You know every valley. You know that this land belongs to you. You're not worried about what they think. You know you're a king. You know you've been called for a king's purpose. You have a king's message. Glory. And then he began to speak to this present generation. He said, but now I tell you something. I know you from the army. You're tall, you're blue-eyed, you're blonde, you're educated. You know hardware. You know software. You're pilots. You're generals. You're commanders. But look what has happened around here. In the evening, while it's still light, you are already inside the perimeter. Lights playing over the fences. You don't control your land. Your property is stolen. Other herds graze on your fields, and you do not react. You know why people don't react? Because they lost the sense of what their land was about. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I don't know what to do right now. I'm telling you what, Satan, amen, you got a fence around your property and you got lights playing on it, but yet you say you believe he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities by his stripes on him. You say you believe that. Why do you hide in your house? Why do you let other herds graze on your land? You're smart. You're educated. You know software, hardware, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. What about the things of God? It said, I'll make you victorious. You can walk in my name. There's not a devil can hold over you. You know the problems of your body so well why don't you know what the word says about it you don't react look what happened here in 45 years look what happened that's the problem the deterioration did not take place in a year this loss of sense of who we are it happened gradually. Consequently, I can't change it with an order or an instruction. 
And I tell you, that was a man talking to his men. I'm telling you, I'm a man talking to you. But we're not talking about, amen, an earthly general. Amen. He said, I, it can't happen. I can't just change it with an order or an instruction. But I'm telling you what, we have a God. Amen. He stood in the midst of all that unbelief. And he stood in the midst of all those alien herd, herds. And there's the shepherds and everything standing around criticizing them. And he said, if I, with the finger of God, tell, amen, the devil to move. I'll tell you that God is here tonight. And he can sync with my movements. Don't be sitting on your hands tonight. Some of you have been sitting on your hands of faith for so long they don't even know how to reach out anymore. It's a trophy. It's like, hey man, he's telling us to reach out in faith. How do I do that? Come on, get it on out there, you yeah. Amen, Brother Bam said, if, you, if your hand is crippled and you can't move anything, he said, just try to wiggle your finger and say, praise the Lord, do you see it? And I say, Brother Dan, it's a little finger. Well, it's wiggling. Yeah. He said, start wiggling your little finger. After a while, amen, the hand will start to move. After a while, you begin to put the hand up. Something will begin to happen. It's beginning to be energized because it was a creator that said it. He wasn't a man. This man took his son, Ariel Sharon, took his son up on Mount Zion. And he looked down there and he said, son, you see there, that's where the first temple was. That's where the second temple was. That's where the wailing wall is. Amen. And he pointed out all the holy sites. And he said, they, amen, there's somebody else controlling them, but they belong to us. And I want you to know the holy sites for the bride of Jesus Christ, they're not in control of the enemy anymore. He can't tell you and dictate to you what the Holy Ghost is. He can't tell you you can't be healed. Those things belong to us because our hearts have been turned back to the original faith. You're kings. the leader of political opposition. He still wasn't in power yet, but he was leading one party. He made an announcement, and he said, I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to take a tour of the Holy Mount. The Holy Mount was in control of the Arabs. It was one of their holy sites, third or fourth or whatever it was, the most holy site in the world, Alaska. Not you ask them, but Alaska. <laughs> Half of you didn't get that, and the rest don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm with, I'm with, I'm with, Brother Andrew. <laughs> I'm glad their names are up to date now. I guess that is an up to date name. Amen. But he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a tour. And he took a one hour tour. And it caused violence. And it caused, amen, it caused, amen, riots. And the news said, the violence spread to the streets of East Jerusalem, to West Bank town of Ramallah. Six Palestinians were reportedly hurt as Israeli shoulder, soldiers fired rubber coated bullets and protesters hurled rocks and firebombs. See, the enemy gets stirred up when somebody says, you know what? I'm going to take a tour of that site. Why was he acting like that? Because he knew that in his DNA there had been a promise made. 
Abraham's seed would possess this land. And he didn't care who was building a fort on it. He didn't care who was building a temple on it. He said, that's my land. That place belongs to me. I'm going to bring it home now. I don't care how much the enemy tells you. Malachi 4 is not effective in this house. And I'm walking all over it. I don't care if he tells you Revelation 10 is not for you. But I'm walking all over it. Luke 17, 30. I'm walking all over it. My heart is turned. So now we got guys being carried out on stretchers. Rubber bullets are being fired. Tear gas is being shot. The enemy is fighting. They're having riots. I'm going to change the headlines a little bit because I don't agree with this part. But in a way, he's trying to do the right thing. He said, I believe that Jews and Arabs can live together. According to the scripture, it'd be pretty hard. Amen. But he said, I believe they can live together as stones and rubber bullets flew at the holy site. He said, I wasn't trying to bring a provocation. He said, it was my right. Some of your parents need to know your rights tonight. You have a right to be happy. You have a right to. I mean, you just do. It's, it's all right. It's all right. You know, you might get happy and rubber bullets would fly, but it's good. Be happy. You have a right. See, I'm doing this on purpose, man. I can't glide. I have a right. The Bible said, lift up feeble hands. Remember, Danny, you still don't know my situation. I'm not asking your situation. I'm telling you you're right. I got a right to breathe normal. I got a right to go back and be a young man again. I got a right to have my body changed. I got a right to claim my promise. For this promise. For this promise. And there goes rubber bullets and there goes people carried out on stretchers because somebody's going to claim Acts 238. And for this promise is unto you and unto your children and to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's your right. You older folks have a right to claim the Holy Ghost. Before you're ever made a king, you have first got to be equipped. The armor of God is spiritual. 
It's made up to withstand the wiles of the devil. So that any weapon formed against you shall not prosper. I want to tell you something. Because I know this from experience now. As a pastor preaching this kind of thing, I feel resentment begin to build up because people say, well, Brother Danny, you don't know my situation. You ought to be sympathetic. It has nothing to do with whether I'm sympathetic or not. We're talking about your right for the healing of your body. We're talking about the right for the healing of your spirit. You have a right to be free. You have a right to be whole. You have a right over the flesh. You have a right to tell the devil he's alive nothing to do with sympathy. I'm talking about cracking the devil out of your land. You got a right to kick him out. Tear down those fences. Take off those rights. Come back into your land. So, Brother Danny, but you don't understand. Nobody he does. The weapon you have been equipped with is called the Word of God. Let me tell you what a prophet said about that. He said, The Word will defeat Satan anywhere. condition there's no condition too powerful for our God you say brother Danny I struggled with homosexual spirit all my life well it's time to give it to the one who understands how could Jesus understand what it's like to be he was tempted in all points that means when that homosexual demon crossed by his way, he grabbed it and says, come to me. I'm going to take you and I'm going to take you and I'm going to bring you to a place that you'll be powerless. Be seated for a moment. Let me just say this so you can stand up again. Hey man, let me just tell you this. Amen. If the devil's telling our young people today, you can be whatever you want to be. Amen. Today you can be a girl. Tomorrow you can be a boy. The next day you can be both. And the third day or the fourth day you can be, amen, a desk. Be whatever you want to be. If the devil's telling them that, what about if somebody got a hold of something real that said you are sons and daughters of God. You are kings over a spiritual kingdom. If the devil knows how to change people's minds, our God knows how to change hearts. He can change your body. Let these words be a comfort unto you. You shall not all sleep, but you shall be changed in a moment and a twinkling of Goodness.
sit down a minute and give me some rest. God did not equip you with a concordance. He didn't equip you with a software program. It's nice to know your scriptures. And you should read them. But it won't help you a bit if the same inspiration that's on the word is not in you. I want to ask you a question. You may be carrying a nice sword. What good does it do you? You don't know how to use it. You don't have the strength to push it. And you don't have the confidence to pull it out of the scabbard. Let me just tell you something. God is not raising up a bunch of cowards. I went on a trip one time. I was overseas. And the brother wanted to take us out in the bush. And they'd give, he would give rangers courses out in the bush. Willie would like it. Up his alley, and and so, and the last part of the course of the rangers' course was called sleeping with the predators. So this is Africa. And this wasn't a zoo; it was Africa. And what they would do, they would drive way into the bush with a with a dead animal in the back. When they get to the camp, they would tie a rope to this animal. In this case, it was half a zebra. And they would begin to drag the carcass around the camp to put all the scent out because the the point of the thing is you get to sleep with predators. And and when you're driving, now here's the the rules. The the guide said, now there was three vehicles. Him and another ranger was in the front, me and another brother in the second, and there was of the back truck and had two brothers in the front and two brothers in the back. It was, an open, it was an open bed. And he said, now, you follow me and you do whatever I do. If I stop, you stop. If I punch the accelerator, you punch the accelerator. Don't do something different. Well, the night before we went out to do that, we had a house service there in this, in this uh, house. That's why it's called house services. Thank you. What's this? Okay. I'm equipped. Amen. Can I take this off? Thank you. Uh, thank you. <clears throat> Can I have a bottle of water? Because I about drank oil. where I'm from. Thank you. Mm. 
And so we had a house service. That's better. <clears throat> and there's this big strapping fella. He was at least as tall as Brother Andrew. <laughs> and I mean it. He was a big guy, big. This guy was probably 45 at the time, 40, big guy, big, solid South African, worked up in the oil rigs in North Africa. And he was talking to me because he was going to be, he was going to be on that trip into the bush to sleep with the predators. <clears throat> he said, you know, he said, well, I'm out there. <clears throat> he said, they call me Rambo. Yeah. I wish my voice wasn't gone because I'd say it like he said, call me Rambo. <laughs> and he said, I go out there, usually I take pistols and everything. He said, but I take this big old knife and I strap it to my leg. They call me Rambo. <laughs> He's equipped. So the next day comes and we get in the trucks and and the brother said, you do whatever I do. So we're going along, and now we're off-road, and we're in the bush, and we're driving along, and we're in the middle of nowhere, and we come around a curve, and all of a sudden we see an elephant, and then we see another elephant, and then we see another. Pretty soon there's a herd of elephants coming at us. And this isn't a zoo. This is elephants, and we're in their zoo. <laughs> and he slows down. We slow down. They slow down, and we pull, pull up. And, and so some of them cross the road, and they're trumpeting, and you hear branches breaking and everything else, and they're going on, and... And all of a sudden, the leader gunned it, and he went through. Poof. So the brother be, brother uh, that was in the truck with me, he never even thought about it. He punched it, and boy, we went right on through. But the other one, they kind of went. <laughs> and when they eased up to the opening, there was no opening. Now it's elephants all around them. And Rambo's in the back. <laughs> they call me Rambo. We pulled up around the curve. We get out of the truck and we're listening. You can hear those elephants trumpeting. You can hear branches breaking. And the, the guide slapped the top of the truck. He said, I told them to do what I said. After a while, that truck pulled up. We went on to the camp, pulled the, pulled the dead animal around the camp. And Rambo got out. They sat there, set up their chairs, and he sat down. And the guide had told us we're going to sleep in shifts. Two stay up for an hour and a half, everybody else sleeps. When it's your turn, you get up, you're up for an hour and a half. Rambo told me, he said, in the truck and I was in the back and them elephants were all around us he said it was very scary <laughs> the situation had changed and they were so fearful all night that they never took their shift they stayed up all night and there's always, there's lights going like this in the bush. 
me and the other brother took our shift. We laid down. We slept. We slept on the ground. I got up. And Vetti Sketty told me, you can't call him Rambo now. He told me, he says, you know, as you were sleeping there, he said, I watched a red Roman crawl over to you. And a red Roman looks like a tarantula. It's not a spider, but it looks like a tarantula. It's a big, massive, uh, big, massive, whatever. And it um, sounds like me. And the thing while I was sleeping crawled over me, over my body back on a... But because of their fear, they never helped me. (laughs) There's a red Roman crawling over you, girl. What good does it do if you're equipped? What good does it do if you can see the problem? But you have nothing in you to get up and do something about it. God has not given you the spirit of fear. He has given you the spirit of peace and a sound mind. Glory. We are spiritual kings over a spiritual kingdom. You better know the land that God has given you. I'm trying to preach this. Lord, help me. And some of you probably said you shouldn't have made fun of that man. I wasn't, but he said he was Rambo. And if you call yourself something, be what you call yourself. If you're a Christian, act like a Christian. Walk like a Christian, dress like a Christian, talk like a Christian, overcome like a Christian. Do you know what happened in that camp out? All we got to see was a draft come down to the water hole. You know what it is like, you know what it is to watch a draft take a drink of water? It's a long time. hear the lions off in the distance. We could hear hyenas, but none of them come in. Fear ruined the experience. Here you are. The guide is here. The guide has told you how to drive. He has told you what to listen for. He's already given you instructions. Don't ruin it with your fear. We need to step out in faith. Let me just tell you something. Do you know why Peter asked, Lord, if that be you, bid me come? Because he had something in him that said, if Jesus can do it, I can do it. start my message Brother Bram said stay behind the word and let the guide guide you (laughs) 
He said, the thing you have to overcome, are you ready? He said, is yourself, your idea, your thing. He said, your thing. So your thing covers a lot of things. And you have to surrender to him. The devil tells you can't be healed. That's your thing. The devil tells you can't overcome. That's your thing. The devil tells you you can't understand your mess, this message. That's your thing. He never asked if you understood it. He asked you if you believed it because he knew if you believed it and were filled with the Holy Ghost, the understander would be inside of you. You believe that, young fella? Then it's for you. Brother Ram said, you stay there until God equips you with the Holy Ghost. Then everything you got need of in this world or the world to come lives right in you. The all-wise God knows how to equip his army. And he equipped it with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's exactly what he sent for these last days. But what, what did he send for the last days? Somewhere along the line, we have made the Holy Ghost ABCs. The Holy Ghost is not ABCs. It's what he equipped you with. It's what you need for this last day. That's why Satan has put all kinds of fences around the ideas of the Holy Ghost. And he's raised up other directors with all kinds of ideas of how the Holy Ghost should come. But it's your inalienable right. You know software. You know hardware. You know the things of the world. Amen. But why don't you know the words? Why don't you know what's your possession? This is what God made kings do because he knew kings would rise up in the kingdom. He said when a king rises up in Israel, this is what he must do. He must take, amen, the law and write down his own copy. That means he has to read the law and write it down so he has his own copy. It can't be imagination. He's got to take the word and write it down. It's got to be his own. God wants you to know the word. Why does he want you to know the word? So that it will govern you and govern your life. So if God made us kings, we have a dominion. We, if we have rulership, then we must know what we are ruling over. We must know our territory. We can get excited about it. We can praise the Lord about it. But there's a story in the Bible. Amen. That there was a man rose up against his own father and his name was Absalom. And he, amen, came in and brought a great, a great, great hardship in the kingdom of God. It's a great lesson in the Bible. Against his own father. 
ran his father out trying to kill him. There are some mighty men who wouldn't be swayed by that kind of religion. And they stayed with him. And David himself, amen, he loved his son. It became a great battle. And Joab heard the news, said, Absalom's got himself hung up in a tree. His long hair got caught in a tree. His vanity, because it was his vanity, the Bible said he was a beautiful man. And long hair. And he got caught up in a tree. And you get mad at the preacher for telling you how to dress. Man, what if they told him how to cut his hair? He might not got hung up in an oak tree, just saying... He got hung up in an oak tree and he's trapped by his own vanity. And the news come back to Joab said, he's hanging there in a tree. He said, well, why didn't you kill him? Oh, well, that's a king's son. He said, well, let me go do it. He goes over there and he takes three darts and he thrusts it into his heart. He's been shouting. There's been battles going on. But something needed to be done. There was a young man who went to the camp and he heard the battle, saw all the shouting and everything going on. And he said, can I run and tell the king? And Joab said, no, you can't. You're the son of Zadok the priest. But I'm going to ask this servant over here, Cushite, I'm going to ask him to run. And I'm going to tell him, he says, you go there and tell David. You're a runner. You go tell David. At the battle's won, you tell him. That Absalom is dead. So we go off goes the Cushite and he's running and he's been equipped with the general's word. But the other guy's a faster runner and he says, Can I run too? I just want to run. He says, You'll go ahead, but you don't have no tidings to give. He said, Well, I want to run. So he ran and he ran a different route. And he beats the servant to David. David asked him, what's the news of the battle? Is the young man safe? And he said, well, I heard a bunch of shouting. Heard a bunch of tumult. And praise the Lord, O king, the battle is won. He goes, but is the young man safe? You see, the boy was running, but he hadn't been equipped with the message. And the other one gets there. He's slower. But he arrives there. And David said, how's the battle? He said, the battle's been won. We have won the victory. Is the young man safe? And that boy had been equipped with the words. And he said, the enemies of my Lord, the king, and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. Notice the difference here. Here's a great battle. And now this young man, Ahemais, wants to run. He wants to deliver the news. The general says, no, you're not going to run. You might have been there. You might have been shouting. You might have heard the noise. But I'm going to ask this one to run. Because I equipped him with the news I want to be told. Why? Because the general could say specifically what happened 
Because he's the one that delivered the death blow. So he gives the word to the servant and the servant's equipped. And he could say specifically. Not that just a battle's been won. But Absalom is dead. You've been doing a lot of shouting. And you've been doing a lot of running. But as the general told you, your pornography problem is dead. Has the general told you the thing that has afflicted you is dead? If it hasn't, you're just running. And I want you to know your general tonight. You better know what you've seen. You better know where you're standing. We've been equipped with a message. It's a message of specifics. It don't leave out any details. You've been commissioned, you know why you're running. Can I preach a little bit longer? God called a man by the name of Abram, called him out of his kindred. So, of course, Abram obeyed exactly what God said to do, and he brought his whole household. He brought his daddy. He brought his nephew. And as long as he had them, it was a hindrance. You know what your problem is sometimes? You're trying to save everybody. And God asked you to obey his voice. And if you obey his voice, then salvation could come through obeying. You know, as long as Lot was with him, Abraham lacked the power to change him and help him. But you know what happened when there came a separation? Amen. Abram's fathers died. Now Lot separates because there's a fighting in the camp. Sometimes trouble comes into our households and into our families and these family spirits, familiar spirits. Spirits are hard to overcome that we're familiar with. sleep with them we pull them out of our closets we, they're just familiar and this family spirit of Lot caused a strife in the household finally Abram got tired of it son I love you but we can't go on like this he said I'm going to be a real Christian here they weren't called Christians then I'm going to be a real Jehovahshan amen an Elohim, Elohimite I'm going to let you take your choice of whatever you want. He gave him the choice. But because Lot don't have the same call, he looks down towards the plains of Sodom and it looks like the garden of the Lord and it looks like Egypt. It's all mixed up. Looks like Eden and it looks like the world. And he chose according to his temporal needs. He thought he was choosing the best of the land. But he's not a king. 
He pitched his tent towards Sodom. Brother Bam said he could see the glamour, but he couldn't see the fire that was going to destroy his children. And Lot had an only so far religion. He had a religion that could succumb to the press of the world, the suppress, the, the oppression of, of the perversion and everything else. He even offered his daughters up. What a shame that we have had men that walked with Abraham's seed. And they begin to succumb to the pressure and they offer their families up to the world. Just offer them up. Why? They're a bunch of lots. They don't have the same calling that Abram had. Are you listening to me? And when Lot left, now Abram is right where God wanted him. He had to lose something to get in the will of God. Then God came to Abraham. He said, Abraham, look all around you. Look to the north, look to the south, look to the east, look to the west. Everywhere you see, I have given you that land and I want you to walk through the breadth of it and I want you to walk through the length of it. I want you to know what I have given you. And here's this spiritual king. Now he's doing what God said in the supernatural GPS that was in Abraham. Where did it move him to? It moved him right over to the plains of Mamre. He came right to Hebron where the body would be changed. Isn't this something when you come into the will of God that God will move you right into the promise of the hour? He'll move you right into the fulfillment of the word because he knows, amen, what you're a son of God and you're going to express him in this age. Glory. Let me move just a little farther. We're coming down to a close. But we want you to be equipped. God knows. The enemy knows. Do you know? Brother Branham, with the vision of a prophet, seen into the other realm, and he's looking, he said, I see a dark streak coming from a woman to another one. What is it? It's a devil. He knows his time has come. And this woman here, you're extremely nervous, aren't you, lady? You're hysterically nervous. How many hysterics we got in here? Raise your hand. laughing at me because that devil's scared you know your hysteric nervousness is that a is that a label there ain't nobody in here going in the right mind going to stand and say brother Danny I'm hysterically nervous I enjoy it that's why you didn't raise your hand but once you know here's a prophet saying He's scared because he knows his time has come. He said, I see you trying to do things and you can't. You're just nervous. You're mental nervous. Satan told you you're going to lose your mind if you don't get over it. But he lied to you. That little
little lady sitting right there, second one in the right back there. She's bothered with nervousness too. Isn't that right, lady? See what I mean? This demon knows that if that woman will halfway believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and I'm his prophet, it'll have to leave her. ask you a question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yeah. Do you believe that Brother Branham is Malachi 4? Yeah. And I'm telling you every devil in here is nervous. Yeah. And the demon was calling for help to another one. Help! 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 Because he's trying to accumulate unbelief. That's why for every one of you, you shouldn't sit there on your hands and just sit there and let these critical thoughts run through your mind. You're hindering the work of God. You have to rise up and say, God, I believe your word. Set those people free. They're crying for help to accumulate unbelief, but he's lost the battle. I said he's lost the battle. That demon of nervousness has lost the battle. That affliction you've had in your body has lost the battle. That depression has lost the battle. That same condition has lost the battle. Your students and sons and daughters of God. Let me see you. Got a few more things I want to get to. I was traveling. I was in Mexico one year, and a brother told me, he said, Do you have a picture of Brother Bannon with a pillar of fire above his head? Somewhere? If you do, put it up. If you don't, don't worry about it. But if you do, put it up. But if you don't, don't worry about it. The testimony, they said to me, This brother had a real gift of faith in his life to pray for the sick the minister and he said he was dealing with a girl who was demon possessed he said, he said I prayed and I tried everything I could everything I knew how to do to cause this demon to move and it wouldn't move so I dealt with her and after a while that girl turned to me in a man's voice she told me this is mine there's nothing you can do to change that but then a thought came to him. Get a message book with a picture, Brother Branham. And go back and ask this girl she knows who this is. Who this is. So he went and took that book. And he held it before that girl. Picture of Brother Branham with a pillar of fire. Says, you know who this man is? And that demon spoke out of that girl in a man's voice. I'll notice this was in Mexico. He said, that's William Branham. I was thrown out of one of his meetings in Jonesboro, Arkansas. That little preacher pulled himself up. 
Then he said, then in the name of Jesus Christ, who William Branham preached, come out of that girl, and that girl was delivered. I want you to know, William Branham's not here, but that same God is here in this room right now. And he, the son is set free, is free indeed. How many spirit of sicknesses are going to be cast out tonight? How many devils of oppression are going to leave tonight? Amen. They don't have the right to hold you. You have the right to stand up and take your God-given rights. Pull that sword of God. Take it to the heart of the enemy. Praise God. I know, I know, I know. There's some intelligent devil in here says you're working them up, Brother Danny. You hypocrite. You liar. You never told them that when they were screaming about something else. And when it comes to the thing of life, you said you're just supposed to sit there and act like nothing's happening. How can I not act like something's not happening when God is setting me free from sin? from sickness, from the flesh, from unbelief. It's about time some of you had an experience with God where you know you've been equipped with the message. I've got the king's message. You've been sick for 10 years. Get out of my way. i got a king's message. You tried it every camp. Get out of my way. I got a king's message. The Lord Jesus Christ is living inside of me. The Lord Jesus Christ is living inside every believer in here. This, this, this is what God is trying to do in this age to reveal himself through the body called Jesus Christ. Can I get to something in just a minute? Can you please sit down? I'm going to tell you something. The devil's robbed you. He's cheated you. And he never asked your permission. He lied to you. And you believed him. He took your joy. And you let him. He depressed you. And you settled for it. Brother Branham said. And knowest all things. Said you're going to let the devil kick you around? You're going to let him kick you around like a football? He said, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed unto the day of your redemption. He said, you're going to let the devil kick you around? That's the trouble of it today. Another Christian person sitting here sick, if they only knew they were sons and daughters of God. Right now, living with Christ, not you will be. Now, you are sons of God. 
Now you got the Pentecostal blessing. Not tomorrow, right now. Now is the hour. Now is the time. Now is the accepted hour. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is when healing is supposed to be. Now is when miracles take place. Now is when Christ is revealing himself. We're not in the future. We are now. How many sons of God can say, that's me? Sit down for a little bit. There's another devil that needs its head chopped off. I'm going to deal with it. And I'm not copying you. This is one you didn't get. You know, God told Israel, he said, you're going to have war from generation to generation with Amalek. And the reason you're going to have war, they came up behind you. They came up when you were tired. They came up when you were weak. And they struck the hindmost of you. They struck the weak of you. And they began to kill you. And they had no respect for my covenant. The Jews teach that Amalek mocked the circumcision. And they mutilated the men and called out to God, what about your circumcision now? God said, I'll have war with them from generation to generation. And if you read your Bible and follow Amalek, and that spirit's still, amen, trying to come at you, and I'll describe it in a minute. But in the Old Testament, it was eradicated. God gave Saul a special mission. It's going to be the first big test of your kingship. I want you to go to the Amalekites and I want you to utterly destroy them. Destroy the young, destroy the old, destroy the sheep, destroy everything that's there. Destroy them all. Saul being a denominational man, amen, he went down there and he took what he thought he could use in his worship. That's the problem with some of our preachers. Amen. They looked over into the Amalekites camp, said, well, we can use this in the message. God never told you to use it in the message. He said, destroy it all. Destroy every bit of it. Brings back some of the choice cattle and the choice sheep, and he brings back Agag the king. And this man saw us so deceived. He builds a monument to himself. Can you imagine? Here's a man, he's got a big head already. Builds a monument to himself. When Saul and Samuel are, comes to him, he said, Yea, we have done the will of the Lord. Samuel said, Then what does mean the bleeding of the sheep? You see, you can't hide it. Oh, Brother Danny, I've destroyed it all. <laughs> really? Did you? You boys, yeah. I've destroyed it. I've destroyed it all. Did you? You girls, put your hair up in the bun so nobody will preach against it. And you will, I've destroyed it all. Did you?
were raised up to do something and you didn't do what I said to do. Well, glory be to God. I did what you said, Samuel. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. God said, I rejected him. You find out there's a my, I'm my, my, them guys. Them guys troubled Israel. They troubled David. Amen. When David was out fighting Philistines, they was destroying Ziklag. When Saul died, it was an Amalekite that brought the news. There's always going to be an Amalekite in church. And you're eager to spread the news of somebody's death. The Bible never said, sisters, be, amen, learn in silence at home so you can post it later. Well, glory. And that's not even the point I'm making. One day, there was a dispersal of Jews. Amen. And there was, amen, there was over in the country that I can't think of right now. And there was a city called Sushan. And there was a king by the name of Xerxes. Amen. And his wife refused to walk with the word, so he said, I'm going to get another one. He was looking for a bride that would be faithful to the word of God. You know the first thief couldn't do it. But God said in this hour I'll have one that will be faithful to the word. She'll be faithful to what I say. And she believe every word that I say. And if you read the book of Esther, you see the rise of two people. There's a rise of a woman comes out of obscurity. She's a little Jewish by the name of Hadassah. And the king loves her as she's presented before the king because she's been rightly instructed by her uncle who's told her how to walk and to behave herself. Amen. And then, amen, she goes in. She becomes the queen, but she don't rightly know her position yet. And there's a rise of another man in the kingdom. And his name is Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite. Amen. His lineage traces back to the Malachites. And he hates Mordecai, who's a Benjamite. Saul was a Benjamite. And Saul couldn't complete it. Here comes another man. Rises up out of the denominations. Amen, but he didn't stay there. And he had a message that it would expose. I said he had a message that exposed the works of Haman. Haman's desire was he wanted to be worshipped like the king. And everywhere he went, everybody was bound to him, but he'd go by this fellow Mordecai and he'd just stand there and look at him. He'd go home and complain to his wife, I hate that guy. Come by him. He hadn't fallen for one of my tricks yet. I've asked him to preach a trinity. He wouldn't preach a trinity. I said, I'll make you rich. And he wouldn't let me make him rich. tried to buy him. I've tried to convince him. I've tried to do all these things and he just don't listen to him. He didn't know there was an ancient hatred inside of him. This was more than about Haman and Mordecai. This is about God and the devil. But there's a little secret. 
there's a woman in the palace whose identity is not known. And Haman is going about in this evil age. Haman, he's causing people to do all these things. And everybody goes, there goes Haman. Oh, my, let's play music like Haman. Let's like act like, oh, ain't Haman a big fella. Because that man won't bow, he devised a scheme. He said, I'm going to kill him. But in order to kill him, I'm going to kill all the Jews. And his wife said, here's how you do it. And let's talk about it. And they devised a plan. And he wrote a letter. He brought it into the king. And he said, oh, king. He said, there's a people among you, dirty people. Dressed different than everybody else. Act like they own the world. They're surrounded by, what country were they in? Was it Persia? Persia. It was somewhere. It was the Middle East, so it must have been Arkansas. Amen. And so, he devised a plan and he got the king to put a seal on it. The king put a seal on it. What Haman didn't know that the king was putting his seal of death upon his own wife. And the wife of Haman, and I'm skipping a lot of details, but the wife of Haman says, you know what, build a gallows 55 cubits tall, I think it was 50, whatever it was, and it was 75 foot tall because the devil likes to make a spectacle of believers. I want you to hang him way up so everybody can see him. Make sure he gets on all these websites. Mordecai began to go through the streets with a bitter cry, crying out. And Esther heard about it. So what, she, sends news, she sends word, why is he crying? And the servant went and got the news, came back and told her. said, he's crying because there's a death sentence put upon our people. And he's telling you, you've got to do something about it. And the queen says, well, who am I? I'm just, I'm just a kid. I'm here at the youth camp. I came to have a good time. But Mordecai said, how do you know but you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this? You have got to go into the kingdom. You go tell, you go tell Mordecai, nobody can go into the king unless he summons them. And he hadn't summoned me for 30 days. I can't just walk in. He said, if you don't walk in, somebody else will. Well, she heard that message and she says, you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in. You tell the people to pray for me. Hold a fast. I'm going to prepare myself. And after the third day, I go in. And if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. This is a matter of life and death. We know the story. She goes in. She talks to the king. He sees her. He accepts her. He holds a scepter out. She touched it. He said, I'll give to you up to half my kingdom. That means they are joint heirs. What do you want? She said, I want to have a feast with you, and I want to invite Haman to it. 
You know, because Haman's been going through the country trying to stop the Jews from having their way, the people of God. He's trying to tell you, young man, you can't preach. You don't have a right to get up behind the pulpit and preach. Nobody can say it like the prophet did. Well, I want to tell you what the prophet said. He said, young man, if you've got a call, go out and preach. We're not called to sell duffel bags and coffee beans. We are called to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is foolishness to the world. Amen, but it's deliverance to the captive. There's some heads that need to be cut off. Nobody has a right to tell children of God, amen, that they can't walk on their land. Nobody has a right to tell me I can't speak the things of God. Come on, church. I'm going to tell you what your prophet said. You don't have to like it, but I'm going to tell you what he said. Because all that God was, he poured into Christ. All that Christ was, he poured into the church. He said, Christ is the center of the revelation. He said, Christ in you makes you the revelation of the whole thing. And then you want me to sit down and not say anything. What about Haman? He's building the big gallows. Here's what God tells you. Just tell him who you are. You tell him who you are. That thing he built to destroy you is going to destroy him. Amen. It wasn't Mordecai hanged up before the world. It was Haman that was up there hung before the world. Who brought him down? Who brought him down? It was a little woman. It was a little woman who was afraid to go in. The king said, but I've wrote a letter. It's got my seal on it. She said, but oh king, I'm asking you to reverse the letter. Amen. The king said, oh, I can't reverse my letter, but what I can do, amen, you know the hour the enemy's going to attack. I equip you to go out and defeat him. And because of a little woman who, amen, walked in, at first she was afraid, but she began to walk into the presence of the king who was in dominion over the earth. She was energized by touching his scepter. And because of the day that the Jews rose up and defended themselves and defeated the enemy, it was called Purim. That was actually the date, amen, that Haman meant to destroy them. And Purim means lots, casting lots, happen chance. devil tries to tell you a victory is a happen chance. You just happen to have a victory. Oh, but no, they said, let's make this a celebration. I want you to know Purim just passed a few weeks ago. Amen, but they say, 
Amen. In their celebration of defeat of Haman and the celebration of the rise of Esther. You know what would happen if Ezra hadn't rose, or excuse me, if Esther hadn't rose and the Jews were destroyed? Amen. There was an Ezra in there. There was a Nehemiah in there. Amen. There was a Jewish race in there that was going to rise up and express the Messiah. It took a little woman to stand up and know her kingdom and know her rights. And the celebration is called the Megillah. And at the Megillah, they said it can be quite noisy. They said because a celebration is to celebrate the extermination of Haman. And every time the name of Haman is mentioned, they go, boo! Every time the name of Haman is said, they drown out his name. Boo! And then they're taught, amen, some of them take the name of Haman and they ride it on the bottom of the shoe. And every time Haman is mentioned, they begin to stop. They begin to stop. They begin to stop until Haman is no longer there. Let me tell you, your kings who are made to walk and possess the land, Haman may say you can't defeat him, but just rub him out. I said, just rub him out. How do I rub him out? Start walking. I'm going to read to you my last scripture. Amen. I know I'm tired, devil, but you don't want me to read this one. You say, I'm not an Esther. Okay, God's got a word for you. Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. You want me to tell you what it says in the Amplified? And the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet. Why don't you begin to tell the devil, this is my land. This is my place. You don't belong here. I'm not a man. I'm not a defeated person. I'm a son of God. And I'm rising to my position this time. I rebuke every spirit of death. I rebuke the spirit of unbelief. Come out of the people and set them free for the good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Let's rejoice in God right now. Amen. Every devil's under your feet. You have been called to be a serpent bruiser. You have been called to be a devil defeater. You have been called to be an overcomer in this hour. Amen. Every enemy is under your feet. 
makes his promise to you. Hallelujah. It's your land. It's your land. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Go to play and only believe all things are possible. It's the song the angel loves to hear. Amen. The angels of God, the angel of the Lord rejoices when we believe. We're believers. That's who we are. Hallelujah. Here a couple of years ago, and you many of you have heard the testimony. When my wife awoke one morning with a horrible headache and a brain bleed in the back of her head, we gathered at the hospital, me and my four believing children, and that I only have four children, they're all believers. And they gathered at the hospital with their spouses. We heard what the doctor said. And I just said in that moment, I said, we are, we know what the doctor said, but we know who we are. And we have been trained for moments just like this. We know what we do in moments like this. We believe because that's what we are. We're believers and believers believe. Amen. And out of my mouth it just came. She will be in the ICU room tonight. She'll be in a regular room tomorrow night and she'll be home the next night. And it happened just exactly what I said. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because that's who we are. That's what we come to expect. Amen. A God who is there to make us overcomers. He hath made us unto our God kings and priests. A king without a domain is no king at all. He's going to be king maybe or hopefully one day he'll be. But if he doesn't have a dominion. He has no kingdom. He's not a king. But God makes you to have a dominion. Amen. We are to rule over every enemy. We're not a defeated bunch of people. We're overcoming bunch of people. Hallelujah. We're believers. That's what we do. We believe. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight. I know there are those that you came here with a need in your life, in your heart, and I know many of them have been ministered to already. But if you would like prayer tonight, I want you to line up here on this side, right over here. Just right over here on this side. Where you can come up these steps right here. We invite you to come for your moment of deliverance. Do you have a need? 
Amen. Do you believe? The Bible said they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Said that whatever we ask in his name, he's going to do it. Said these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. That's not just using a name. That means in my stead. I've showed you what I do with devils. I show you my attitude towards sickness. Amen. I show you what I, what, how I feel about diseases. Now, in my stead, you will cast out devils. You will speak with new tongues. If you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover. Amen. That's not a maybe so. That is impossible for it not to happen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'd love for all the young warriors to, to be here with us too, but you know, with the ministers that we have, if you're if you're a camper, we're just gonna let you remain a camper. But if you're one of our counselors or one of the ministers here, if you'd like to come join us on the platform, I'd like you to come right now. Amen. Just join with us. Believers, here comes some godly believers, men of God. Now, it didn't say preachers would lay hands on the sick, although that any man who's called to pray for the sick or anyone's called to preach is called to pray for the sick. It didn't say just preachers though any believer can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover that's the promise of God you little sisters you got every right to lay your hand on the fevered brow of your child or your husband or your brother your sister whoever it is you've got every right in the world to do so amen because the signs follow them that believe. Amen. So if you've got a need tonight, why don't you just make your way right over here? Come right up this side of the platform. Come on. That's right. Amen. Say, Jesus, I have a need. Don't pass me by tonight. I've heard that Satan is under our feet. Amen. I've heard that the word of God is true, and I know it's true. And I want the word of God to live in my life tonight. Amen. Now, he said, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Tonight, when we pray, Satan's got to be cast out. He comes in sickness, illness of the body, comes in every kind of situation but I'm, I'm saying to you right now we are here tonight to cast him out that's what prayer for the sick is and for the needs you're here for deliverance amen now, brothers I want you to just commit yourself to God just for a moment here we should be dedicated to God already 
Remember just this moment, just just in this moment, just we realize who we are and what our position is in Christ. We have a right. It's our right that Jesus gave us. Submit ourselves to God to resist the devil and he shall flee from us. Now in the name of Jesus Christ, tonight we take every spirit under the control of the Holy Ghost for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, for God's glory. Amen. Thank you, Lord.